You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, welcome back to the Sweaters Forever podcast here on 105.3 The Fan. I'm Shippy from the KNC Masterpiece. You can follow me on Twitter at Shippy Fun Sports. And my co-host here, Gavin Spittle, the Hockey Hawk, at GJ Spittle today. How you doing today, Hawk, on this uh, nice Valentine's Day? Oh, a little, yeah. A little Valentine's recording of the Sweaters yeah, Forever podcast. absolutely, man. Absolutely. Happy Valentine's Day. Big stick tap for last night's performance. Yeah, absolutely. Big win over the Maple Leafs. And by the way, if you're looking for some... Uh, Plans this weekend. I highly recommend the Choctaw Casino and Resort. The Sweaters Fair podcast brought to you by Choctaw Casino and Resort. Welcome to Choctaw Casino and Resort, Durant, the ultimate destination for exciting gaming or destination for exciting gaming and live entertainment, exclusively for everyone. Maybe go win a little bit of money. Yeah, that's a great go weekend check out destination. The, yeah, just and you know, it's such it's such a quick trip. You can even just do it like one night if you want yeah. to, or spend a whole weekend. Yeah, they have some great places to do uh, dinner. Uh, if you if you want to take your significant other uh, up there, do a little uh, gambling, and you can also just walk around. That's one of the coolest things about Choctaws. Uh-huh. There's so many things to do other than they have some great bars. Just a cool place, you know, and they they just keep it in such spectacular condition. Mm-hmm. A lot of renovations going on, like new towers and stuff like that. It's just a real cool place to be. And hey, if you're like me and you're single, you can just go up there to celebrate the fact that Tyler Sagan finally <laughs> got a goal last night. Yeah, you he put one in the wonder. net. It wow. was it was a yawning net, and yeah. if he would have missed that one and not ended his 17 uh, game goal streak, I honestly he might have just retired. Like right there in Toronto, you know, he's near his hometown. He just, you know, hey, it's been great. You know, won a Stanley Cup at a super young age, and then just uh, kind of right off into the sunset. But fortunately, he was able to put it in the net. You know, Pucklet couldn't get him or anything like that, or a miraculous save. And uh, Tyler Sagan, who was surprised that it had been two months since he'd scored. Yeah, and it kind of overshadowed Jason Robertson's first ever NHL yeah. point. Yeah, it really uh, did. On, you know, kind of putting it in front of the net in his first NHL game. And, uh, you know, Robertson was saying after the game, you know, he went into the, for, for the hugs, uh, and you know, he, that's kind of when he realized Sagan was in a drought. He didn't even know. I mean, he's <laughs> been down in Texas and his story yesterday, um, he went, Texas was playing Milwaukee mm-hmm. in the morning. He drove with the team on the team bus to Chicago. Flight was delayed, got into Toronto about one thirty. Played the night prior in Milwaukee. Gosh. So played, took a three-hour bus ride, uh, then flight got delayed, and then flew up to Toronto in team meetings, suits up, and gets his first ever uh, NHL point in front of his parents, basically in his hometown. Which, yeah, really, really cool. And it's, you know, it's interesting that he was on the ice in that moment, you know, that 
Rick Bonus kind of had that much trust in him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that he found himself in the ice in a, in a pivotal moment of the game. So, And I thought it was interesting, too. Did you see all three of the Stars' goals were scored in the first two yeah. minutes of each period? Yeah. Now, Which is really weird because as a Stars fan this season and in previous seasons, you're used to normally seeing the Stars give up that goal. Right. And that's where you get the Derek Laxdahl in, um, taking care of the power play unit mm-hmm. and saying, hey, here's a guy down in Texas I trust. Yeah. The power play struggling. You know, we need a guy with Radulov out. Let's bring out Robertson. So yeah. uh, I think, it, you know, it, it panned out. Uh, the other thing to point out, which is so awesome about the win last night, you know, yeah, these guys make millions and millions of dollars, but don't think Tyler Sagan doesn't have a little hop in his step when he steps on the ice in Toronto. Yeah. Don't think Jamie yeah. Alexiak's adrenaline wasn't flowing a little bit more when he dropped the mitts last night. And the rest of the, the team, too, that's like... Like I feel like the mecca of hockey. It is the know? mecca of hockey. Absolutely. You're playing the New York Yankees. You're playing the Dallas yeah. Cowboys. I mean, you got to get up for these games. So uh, in front of a huge... Now, you know, it's not just the guys from Toronto. It's inevitably featured across Canada. So, you know, that's your chance where your friends and family and everyone sees you on the eyes. I mean, mm-hmm. your close friends and family usually have the NHL package with, right. you know, modern technology nowadays. But, you know, basically you're on national TV, national radio. So it's like a it's a big thing. And the stars tomorrow night will be featured as one of the games on Hockey Night in Canada. Yes. That has not happened uh, frequently. So I think it's awesome for the Canadian audience. I'm sure some of the stars will be interviewed heading into the game. Um, they usually do that. And, you know, they're playing a Montreal team that's fighting, you know, to try to stay off, stay in the playoff hunt. Yeah, you know? just lost Shea Weber. They lost Shea Weber. And for that four might to be, six weeks, I Yeah, believe. that might be the determining factor, whether yeah. they're buyers or sellers. So it was a great win. This is a tough road trip. Because that third game on Sunday, they struggle against Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's just matchups. And that could just be a trap game. Right, exactly. And Buffalo is one of those squads that they've had trouble with. Exactly. And you know what? Carolina was, too. Yeah. Which they, until the other night. Yeah, they, that was an impressive performance. Yeah, yeah Jamie Ben Hattrick. Carolina is a rough matchup for this Stars team, and they were being outscored in the last three games by Carolina big time. Yeah. But Carolina was coming off a six-game road trip. That was their last game. They were successful, but you could see they had some tired legs. They really didn't want to exert that physicality. Um, so, I mean, I think it's a, a big win, you know, for the Stars. Then going on this road trip, picking up points in Toronto. Colorado loses last night. So, uh, you know, things are things are looking really, really good. And, yeah, breaking that trend of falling behind early, actually getting up a goal. <laughs> so weird. And, and then <laughs> never relinquishing the uh, lead. And almost tying it up in the final minutes, but Big Ben Bishop uh, came up big. I mean, when yeah. when Toronto turns it on, oh I don't know gosh. if there's maybe Washington, uh, but Edmonton, Edmonton, but there's not much better. I mean, that firepower and it's the way crazy. they crashed that net. I mean, Austin Matthews last night was oh, spectacular. Yeah, he is just so much fun to watch. Uh, yeah. So you know, Toronto's fighting for a playoff spot. Florida lost last night too. So. Uh, but they're neck and neck. So, I mean, that was a big game for Toronto. And the Stars went in and took one in their barn. You know, that's what Toronto did earlier yeah. this year. So, uh, you know, pre- pretty interesting. And 
I don't know. I'm just talking on and on, Shippy, but I just feel There's a lot so, of good stuff going there on. There is, man. I mean, we I mean, been... Jamie Ben even got a hat trick tonight. They gave yeah. out free hats. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because that was... that's always been my thing is like, if I see a hat trick, if it's a hat that I paid like $40 for, I'm not throwing it on the ice. No, no, no. But if it's a free hat, I'm free like, hat, oh, yeah, you're sure. tossing it. Yeah. You know, I'll probably just leave that in my yeah. truck or something anyway. Plus, I hate to be that person, especially if I'm with someone of a female persuasion uh-huh. and I toss one and it doesn't make it onto the ice. Oh, yeah. That's a rough one. Yeah, so you got to go with like the Frisbee strategy. Yeah, you got to go with the Frisbee. Yeah. You got to go with the Frisbee strategy. I think that would work. Yeah. And I think that would work pretty well. Yeah, but also want to mention Dennis Gurianov. Oh, my gosh. Just continues to get it done. Uh, the confidence is sky high. The one timer, yeah. I mean, you know, popping that water bottle Gosh, earlier that... in the week. I mean, you know, and even going. I mean, you could tell that uh, Frederick Anderson, the five hole, was working for the Stars last night. You know, both uh, Gurionov's goal and then, gosh, who was the second goal? Um, Guriana Foxa. Foxa, that's right. Had the nice play where he outskated Austin Matthews. Yeah, and Foxa, I felt like had a pretty nice game last night. You know, we we raved about. Um, Austin Matthews, you're, you can only do so much to stop him. You don't, yeah. you don't stop him. You try to contain him. Right. Also, was on the ice about 20 minutes last. Yeah, night. that's I mean, a lot from of the, ice time from the you know drop of the first drop of the puck. You know, he was out yeah. there, and it, it was clear that the Stars really liked that matchup and wanted to keep Fox out there with you know Matthews and company. I, I think it's fair to say with this Stars team, we kind of have to, and I need to do it myself. I was, I was disappointed that Gurionov was. Seeing time on the fourth line, but are they really the fourth line anymore? I mean, right? Are there really lines in? I mean, some teams are more traditional than others, mm-hmm. but you know that third line we know is the checking line. But other than that, I think it's mix and match. Yeah, and on that third line is Andrew Cogliano, who played in his one thousandth game last night. Yeah, the same night that Robertson plays his first. Terrific trade by Jim Nil. Got a guy that's great Absolutely. in the room in uh, Cogliano. Uh, a guy that every once in a while will pick up a hustle goal, but does everything else right on the ice. You rarely see mistakes made by Andrew Cogliano. He's the he is the essence of just consistency. You know what you're yeah. going to get from him every time he's on the ice. Yeah, plays really you know? really hard, especially yeah. for a guy his size. It is amazing that he hasn't missed more games in the NHL. I mean, he's a warrior. And like I said, he broke the streak. Was that earlier this yeah. year? And it was like a huge deal to him. Yeah, he takes a lot of pride in the fact that he never. Yeah, misses. and prior to that was via suspension. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so he's uh, he's done a real nice job in a star sweater. All right, so uh, what do you think? I heard you got some trade ideas for us. I do, man. Is that right? Well, I mean, you know, it's interesting. I'm looking at the trade and the trade deadline, which is fastly approaching, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay. Fast approaching, I should say. And my thing is, is like, is there enough people out there that you want to trade your prospects? And I wanted to look at, and these, this is the reason why. You know, when you, when you break down the trade that happens earlier this week, February 10th, so the Penguins acquired Jason Zucker from the Wild. Yeah. So you always want to look what the haul there was goes. in return. So it's Alex Galchenyuk, a guy that we talked mm-hmm. about, uh, a prospect in Kalen Addison, and a first-round pick from uh, 2020 or 2021, conditional. So when you look at Zucker, he only has 29 points this year, 14 goals, 15 assists. But the key factor is 
he has three years left on his contract. Yeah. So this is not a rental. Therefore, the hall becomes bigger. And then the week prior, we look at that Maple Leafs LA Kings deal where uh, the Leafs got their backup goalie in Jack Campbell, who's playing real well for them. Mm -hmm. And Kyle Clifford comes from the LA Kings. And that came for Trevor Moore, uh, a California kid. So he's going back home. A 2020 third round pick and a 2021 third round pick. So I look at those trades and I'm like, wow. I felt as though that was a lot for Jason Zucker. I did too. I know, like, he's a good, solid player, does everything right. He's a top six guy. Mm-hmm. But when I think of difference makers, is he one of those difference makers? And I would say no. And especially you're, you know, if you're the wild, it's like, okay, I'm getting a first round pick back and I'm getting a guy that might turn into something in Alex Galchenyuk. Mm-hmm. He's still very young. He swapped a lot of teams. But I mean, when he shows that he can be a player, it's impressive. Right. So I look at these halls and I'm, then I look at the people on the market and the pending UFAs and I say, what about a Mike Hoffman from Florida? Well, Florida's still in the playoff race. Are they really going to do that? I just think, you know, the Stars don't have a lot of draft picks. They could give up their first-round draft pick, but is it worth it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, unless you're telling me a guy that isn't in a lot of trade news, Blake Coleman, who's young, who has a year left on his contract, if you're telling me that's going to cost me a first-round draft pick, I'd say yes. Hmm. Yeah, I I it, agree. But I, I just worry now because, you know, like we talked about, like draft picks have become so important and so valuable to all Absolutely. these franchises. And then you look at a guy like we just talked about, Dennis Gurionov, who for a while was like, oh, look, they busted another pick. And now he's out there and, you know, he's really showing that what he can do and he's helping this team, you know, in their playoff push and yeah. keep themselves in the playoff. I mean, they're a point, I believe, back of second place right now from the Avalanche. Yeah. And the Avalanche have a game in hand. The only thing about Gurionov, and it's a good problem to have, is that he was so young and he was signed so young that now all of a sudden he's blossoming and bam, restricted free agent. Yeah. Yeah, the timing isn't Rope hits, restricted free agent. How much am I paying these guys? Like if Gurionov keeps, he might be one of those guys that threatens a holdout. Mm -hmm. I don't want it to happen, but... I mean, you're looking at what some of these restricted free agents get, and now all of a sudden, does Gurionov want four to six million a year? And are you going to pay him that based six. on essentially three quarters of a season? And that's where it's tough. Yeah, you know, that's where it's tough. But I mean, he's it's been it's been pretty consistent so far. You know, this three quarters he, of the season terrific. when he's given yeah when he's given the opportunity. I, I wish he played earlier. Me too. I really do. I mean, there might have been issues that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. I do know that there were times where he would disappear down in the AHL where it's like, whoa. And then there would be times he'd come out and score a hat trick or two goals. And, right. You know, I'd get the report back, whoa, this guy's amazing. Uh, so I remember you saying that, you know, you kind of heard that from different people in yeah. the AHL that watched him a whole bunch. Yeah. Did you get the sense that it was more because maybe he was uninterested or like maybe bored by the AHL or was it, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause I wonder if maybe he was just a little bit like, dude, I should be at the NHL level. I think he was still adapting to the way the North American game is played. 
Okay. You look at that first goal last night in Toronto, and yeah, he can that one timer on the power play. But I'm more impressed by that first goal last night. How he got his stick in the four check, how yeah. he went in hard, and how he made the play, saw the seam, got the puck, and made a nifty move. That was more impressive to me because that was done from a four checking perspective. Yeah. And he's also become a pretty good back checker with his speed and he's keeping to his assignments in space. So I really like what he's doing in the I think that's been his biggest improvement is the consistency defensively. Yeah. Uh in the AHL it would just be, you know, not scoring and just kind of, you know, skating around. There'd be times that he was really really good and really good on both ends. You just didn't know what you were getting night after night. That's right. the report I got. Okay. Well, I I mean, I think at this point, the Stars, I mean, on a team that's already struggling to score like they are, I mean, I think you have to keep him, you know? If, have if that, to. If that number is six, I mean, I think that would be a little bit high. I think that I would is think maybe going like, to be high. Maybe like four. Yeah, I, I'm looking at the three to four range. That, that's what I was, like, somewhere in there, maybe try to get like a three, two, three-year deal or something, because I don't know what he would want to sign, you know, if he'd want to sign, if he'd want to go shorter to right. prove, you know, because we're talking about, you know, inconsistency. Yeah. If he'd want to try to prove it in a, in, a, in a shorter window to then try to cash in on a longer deal after that. And NHL players are starting to do that. With their agents, they're going to the teams and they're saying, let's do a bridge contract. Yeah. Let's do a two-year deal. Kind of a prove it, longer deal. Prove it. Darnell Nurse is talking with the Oilers right now yeah. about a bridge deal. Now, fans might say, oh my God, we got to do this in two more years. I get it. But the flip side is... They have the right to hold out. Right. They're still the property, but like a guy like Dennis Gurionov, he can go back to the KHL and fit in perfect. Yeah. You know? But it takes a while to develop into the North American game. Some people do it faster. Um, and he's just turned out to be an electric player for the stars. I mean, I think he's a first line player right now. Uh-huh. I, I, I don't want to see that Radulov Ben Sagan line together. Mm-hmm. I, I want to separate them. I want to utilize hints speed. I want to utilize uh, Gurionov. I, I like that, you know, when you have playmakers like that and compare them with a Jamie Ben. I think it's coincidence, uh-huh. but since Rick Bonus has taken over, Jamie Ben's been on a tear. Yeah. I really don't think it's like coaching or, but I'm just saying. Maybe like, it's like stepping up, you know, with all that I, adversity. Yeah, yeah I think Like we that's talked about it. last week, or earlier point. this week, yeah. just like he's being a captain. Like, He's showing that he's the captain of this team. Like, there's no, you know, we can't see what's happening in the locker room, what he does behind the scenes, but on the ice, he is playing like that is his team. Yeah, we criticize these guys based on their salary cap structure. Mm-hmm. When a Jamie Ben gets a contract like that, I mean, you talk to anybody and say, whoa, maybe that was overinflated based on that one year. Yeah, Art Ross. But now I'm looking at Jamie Ben and I'm saying, wow, Jamie Ben. Is still having some, you know, off nights. That's going to happen, but man, is he tough. Yeah. You know, and it's just the calmness, the non-excitement after goals that I just continue to love. Um, oh, yeah, it's a real, weight around. it's a real business approach. Business, yeah, yeah. He scores, the, there's no, like, crazy, like, he's the anti-Radulov in terms of when he scores the goal and then the celebration that follows. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with celebrating like that. It's just two polar opposite reactions when they do put the puck in the net. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And one more thing I wanted to add about last night's game. So 
on the pregame skate, there was uh, Ben Bishop had to call people back. So there's a little situation going. So you had Andrew Cogliano skating in his 1,000th game. You had Jason Robertson skating in his first NHL game. So you had two guys that would do the solo skate around before the rest of the team comes back on. Yeah, so... So he didn't. So Robertson did not get his solo. Skate. Oh no! Cogliano went around. Yeah, yeah. You got to give it up the to the veteran. Vet. Yeah, you got to give it up to the vet. You have to. I mean, I think you know Robertson is so wide-eyed right now. I think it'd be funny if he like just snuck out there on the ice, like <laughs> like without like once Cogliano got like halfway through and then yeah. just shared it with him. Yeah, that is true. And smart play by Bonus playing Bishop, getting him back in that. Yeah, uh, I think that was great. You're gonna have to play Hudobin in one of the next two anyway. Right. So. I mean, you know, why not throw Bishop up in? And now it'll be interesting. I think maybe Hudobin goes on Saturday night because he played for the Canadians. No, he did not play for the Canadians. I'm sorry. That's Auntie Niemi. Yeah. So I feel like they'd probably go with Bishop again. Bishop and against then, uh, Montreal and, and probably Hudobin against on Ottawa. Yeah. yeah. I mean, either way, I feel pretty good about the matchup. I mean, anytime they put either of those guys in, I feel good you oh, know, from a goaltending perspective. Yeah, I do. I, I still think Bishop's better behind the net. I think he's yeah. a better oh, puck yeah. handler. You know, I still think he's your guy, but man, Hudobin's making a good case. And I think that they would want to keep, I think just for consistency and congruency, basically, you'd want him to start that first game because it'd, it'd be like if it were the playoffs right, right. now. Yeah. And you want to keep him kind of in that groove. Yeah. Where and he can kind of build off a good game last night, you know, right. kind of, you know. So we'll have a couple more shows before the trade deadline, and we'll dive even deeper in. But Shippy, I ask you, you know, after seeing Jason Robertson last night, after seeing a, you know, Jake Ettinger down in Texas or that first round pick, I mean, how much are you initially willing to give, or are you talking like a third or fourth round? Yeah, and try to get a loner. I, I would. I think I would try to go for I would stay away from the the bigger names in the market. I mean they they have to do that anyways. Like guys like Chris Kreider, you're not gonna be able to get you're not gonna be able to pay for him. Yeah. First of all, but just in terms of if you're just considering the return and what the Dallas Stars would give up, I, I really I, I want to add some depth on the wing for like the third or fourth line that we just discussed. Like what really is the third or fourth line? But just kind of more depth scoring. Like I, I really wish they could have gotten Galchenyuk. And putting him on like the fourth line, you know, and just kind of let him ease into things. But a player kind of of that caliber who maybe has lost a little bit of value, maybe, but maybe has the potential and just needs, maybe he's in a bad, maybe he's in a bad situation, a losing culture, you know, and just having a bad season. Yeah. A little change of scenery coming you know, to Dallas. A good example of that is earlier in the year to basically start 2020. It was uh, January 2nd, as a matter of fact. Uh, I can remember right. Um, Michael Froelich went from Calgary to Buffalo. Yeah, and uh, Buffalo gave up a 2024th round pick. Yeah, that's... so not too much damage. You got a player that was pretty hot at the trade deadline. Uh-huh. You know, uh, at one point and has struggled. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I, and I think if, that's a good. That that would be a good deal. The only person that I I would. I would risk, you know, something of more value, of a significant more value would be for like a Blake Coleman, where you have another year, he's young, and he's like, that's the type of player that would fit. He, I mean, he would fit the Dallas Star system so well. And we yeah. talked to him, we've talked about him like crazy, you know, on this podcast, but that would be the one guy that I would identify. And I think that would be the only realistic guy that the Dallas Stars could identify and be able to actually afford him 
and make it work salary cap wise. Yeah, and, that and, would cost you know a premium price. Right, right. Taylor Fordun sent down for a conditioning assignment, and just for those, you don't have to be injured to get sent down. Uh huh. So yeah, um, you know, I think it's good for the stars to get him some game action in in Texas, uh, but. They do have a wealth of defensemen right now, mm-hmm. and maybe someone's looking for a fifth or sixth defenseman that they could spin. Uh, that's a little tougher to pull off. I know draft picks are coveted, um, yeah. you know, and I, I think teams that are looking for defensemen are looking for you know basically a top two or three defenseman. Yeah, so that might be tougher to pull off, but that's another angle that might happen. But how much are you going to get for a Secker or a Polak? You're not going to get much at all. Yeah, no. Not no. much. Haskinen or Klingberg? Oh, yeah. 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 You, you'd do pretty good. Yeah, but then you're also depleting your defense pretty significantly. Yeah. You know, but, so. Well, uh, <laughs> let's, uh. That's, that's, uh, that's some serious wheeling and Gosh, right? <laughs> like, all right, Dallas Stars trade Tyler Sagan. You're like, what? <laughs> he just scored finally. <laughs> uh, real quick before we hit the uh, Hockey Hawks top five, I put out a. A, uh, a tweet call for some questions for a little quick mailbag. I want to hit uh, this from at laces out Finkel. Uh, he called me. He told me just to call him Fink. What up, Fink? Yeah. On one of the previous podcasts, I totally butchered his, I guess, middle name. I don't know. Yeah, good but, hockey guy, Fink. Yeah. yeah but uh, basically, he basically he said, "Love the podcast. Thank you for giving the sport of hockey more love in the DFW. If you could place another NHL franchise in Texas, where would it be, and what would you name it?" And he said, bonus, if it's in Houston, how would they find a way to cheat? <laughs> well done. Yeah. Uh, Astro shots are always welcome yeah. on sweaters. I would place it in Houston. Yeah. And I would call it the Houston Arrows. The Houston Arrows. Yeah. I like that. The Houston Arrows have a longstanding history of hockey in uh, in the city of Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, Gordy Howe played for the Houston Arrows. Um, the Houston Arrows were part of the old IHL, and then the Houston Arrows became a part of the AHL. And I covered them when they were the minor league affiliate of uh, the Minnesota Wild. So when I was there, a young goalie named Anton Hudobin was the goaltender. You had wow. players like Marco Scandella. Uh, you had players like Charlie Coyle. Um, so you had young guys like that. So... Uh, the Arrows name has great history in the city of Houston. You'll still see Arrows gear every once in a while. So um, I, I would call it the Arrows. The other thing to keep in mind, which makes uh, Houston appealing, is the Toyota Center is an NHL-ready facility. Mm-hmm. That's where the Arrows played. So they have the ability with the Zamboni and the locker rooms and everything yeah. like that. So you can make that into an NHL facility. So I think that's another reason that makes Houston appealing. See, I didn't think about all of that part. I just went with the Austin Aces. Oh, that's good. I yeah. like. I really like the name, the Aces, yeah. for some reason. Yeah. I feel like a uh, a town like Austin would be very similar to a you know like a city or a yeah. city like Austin. A city like Austin would be real similar to. The Nashvilles and those types of places that yeah. because that's that would be their one professional team. Right. I mean, it's not the same with Nashville, but that would be their one professional team. I think they'd all rally around it like crazy, and the support would be you know really strong. No, I agree. And so I guess Vegas would be the best. Yeah, Vegas. Know, yeah, that would be yeah. the best. I was surprised uh, Vegas. Uh, yeah, I got to be careful. <laughs> uh, the Vegas Snake Eyes, I always thought was a great name. Okay. Um, you know, and you have a snake coming out and with dice. 
Um, some people would say no because snake eyes throwing craps is bad luck. Oh, yeah. Um, and Austin, the Austin weirdos would be cool because keep Austin weird. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, so I, I think. I wonder like, if in the, I wonder if Gary Bettman in the NHL would approve that. I think that's the issue, right? Like you know, with Seattle being named pretty soon. Oh yeah. You know, it's like I want a cool name. Right. Like, I'm sick of traditional Golden Knights names. was cool, though. Golden Knights is cool. And it got yeah. a lot better. When it first happened, I was a little bit underwhelmed. Yeah. Because that's where I thought it might be something like Aces, something like Vegas style. You know what I'm saying? And right. When it was Golden Knights, I was like, okay. And then I saw the the first, like, picture of the uniform and everything. I was like, it kind of looks like the Senator's jersey. Yeah. And But it's grown on me. And, like, since then, once I see it in action and everything and actually see it live, you know, I'm they did a good job with it. So I feel yeah. pretty confident in what they're going to do in like, Seattle. Like Seattle? Yeah, exactly. I always thought maybe you just go back to the Seattle Sonics. You'd have to get NBA yeah. permission. But how cool would that be with the green and yellow? Yeah, that would be you know, awesome. Those would be some sweet sweaters. So, um, yeah, that would be my answer. Houston, because of its size, because of the ability with the arena, and Houston has shown in the past that, they will support hockey. When the Arrows were in the Calder Cup finals, they were drawing 11,000, 10,000 a game. So they yeah. will go out for quality hockey. And uh, we got one more from, we kind of, we've kind of uh, addressed this, but this is at, at Clint Heavy D. Clint Dickinson says, what do you think of the narrative that this incarnation of Stars hockey is boring due to their style of play and identity? He said he enjoys it, but he can see how the casual Stars fan may not. And, he hits it, you know, the nail on the head there. We and we've talked about it ad nauseum. It's a defensive, it's a defensively focused team. You know that that's their bread and butter. Is yeah. you know one zero two one three two. You know, like those are the games that you're going to see them typically in. Like just last night, three two. You know, though you're not going to see a whole lot. I mean, you'll see it every once in a while, a six goal game or something, but not. Not super often, but I can understand how somebody who maybe doesn't hasn't followed hockey or who's trying to get into it may not enjoy it as much. Um, I certainly understand that, but I mean, this is the type of hockey, and, and this is playoff hockey, is what they play basically. Yeah, two You're points is it. two points. Yeah, two points exactly, <laughs> exactly. It doesn't matter. It's like in the NBA, if you dunk it, if you lay it up, or if you hit, you know, just a real boring baseline jumper. It all. Counts I mean, if you win. I would say this. I would say the St. Louis Blues brand is not an exciting brand of hockey either. Right. The one that they played to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. So, um, what's what's interesting to me is is this defensive brand of hockey when things tighten up in the playoffs? Is that a style that actually can move you a couple of rounds? I think so. I you know it might be. I it think might so. Be. Uh, so. That's what I'm interested to see. And I think that's the reason I, I'm so scared of the Avalanche is because. <laughs> I think that they are the one team that could play defensively well enough, but I'm not sure that the Stars be able to match their scoring. Yes, and I had it as part of my Power Five, but uh, I'll go early on this, uh, Shippy. Uh-huh. I think there's a scouting report out on the Avalanche. Okay. So last night the Caps played in Denver at the Pepsi Center and really pushed the Avs around. Uh-huh. I think uh, when you body them. I think if you body that first line, they get frustrated. They I get a little that. chippy, and that's kind of reminiscent of what would happen with the Stars yes. in those Lindy Ruff days. Well, and the Stars earlier this year playing Colorado, yeah, and uh, Landeskog went off for some penalties, and you know that Stephen Johns addition would be huge for yeah. a potential Avalanche. Matchup. So I think I think getting a little rough and physical, which naturally will happen in the playoffs. 
I think that could slow them down. All right. I like it. Yeah. I'm feeling better. I, you know I what? I was, I, and I still am. I do not want to play the halves. Right. But after last night, last night's game, I'm like, ooh, okay. That's an interesting this is observation. A, you know, now whether the stars go with this game plan like the Capitals did. Yeah, right. You know, that's a. I mean, we'll surely see. Rick Bonus is watching that game. He's like, okay. Yeah. And can the stars do that physical type of play? Do they have the guys that, you know, that's what Corey Perry will be? Yeah. You know, Jamie Benn. Steven Johns, Jamie Alexiak. So, yeah, I Even would guys say like you Jason do. Dickinson, Dickinson can yeah, wait around, yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're absolutely. definitely not afraid to they're definitely not afraid to, you know, get a little physical. One more thing before we go to the top 5. What's up? Bruce Boudreaux let go by the yeah. Minnesota Wild. What in the world? <laughs> like so, okay. It's like the worst time to be a star or an NHL head coach. Yeah. In the last 11 games, the Wild are 7-3 and 1. They, yeah, what? Yeah. They just played the Avalanche really well the other night. They lost by one goal. So they were up big against the Rangers last night. The Rangers uh-huh. came storming back and won the game. And I think that Bill, was it. Yeah. Bill Guerin, former Dallas star, was like, yeah. that's it. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's ever since the Blues won the Stanley Cup last year. Now teams are like, all right, you know, we're doing, you know, we've been great in our last 10, but you just blew that lead. Sorry, right. man, you're out. So now we have Mike Madonna working for the Minnesota Wild. We have Bill Guerin, the general manager, former Dallas star. The new Minnesota Wild interim coach is Dean Evason, who was a former Dallas star as well. <laughs> so a lot of Dallas familiarity yeah. uh, com- coming into play. So Boudreaux was 158, 110, and 35 in four seasons. That's Pretty good. I mean, I know they couldn't get to that next level, and Garen was saying, well, it wasn't all at all. We should have won the game, but this was a long time coming. Uh-huh. I, You know, I just look at Boudreaux as a vet coach. There are going to be some really good NHL coaches out there in the offseason. So it, the other thing is we talk about pulling the trigger and how – the NHL teams, they really don't have a lot of options. You can, yeah, you can call a couple of guys up, but you're limited in who you can send down. You can change the goalie, and that might create some momentum, but the other thing is changing coach. This is the eighth change in the NHL this season. Eight That's changes. Insane. That is insane. I, we've never seen this before. No. Ever. No. You don't even see eight people get, eight coaches get fired in the offseason. Yeah. Like, typically you'll see like three or four maybe, yeah. right? Like, No, you're right. Wow. So Gallant out with the Knights. We have... Uh, Even if you see. take out Monty, like seven is a lot. Yeah. Peter DeBoer, who That's right. um, fired by the Sharks, now hired yeah. in Nashville because Peter Laviolette got the axe. Mike Babcock was My, still go. Yep, yep, absolutely. Uh, Rick Gosh. Bonus took over for Jim Montgomery. Um. Yeah, Mike Babcock, uh, Hines in New Jersey. Crazy. There's just a lot of names that are now free in NHL circles. So we just thing. wanted to get that in. That yeah, you know, and a guy that a couple articles wrote um, that was on the hot seat uh, is the Winnipeg head coach um, who just signed for another three years. <laughs> who I think is a really really good NHL coach. So. Winnipeg solidified once again. You know, they're a small market team. They need to keep their core. 
All right, what do you say we head over to the uh, Hockey Hawks Top 5 NHL Power Let's do it. Let's go. All right, so I've got ESPN pulled up over here. And as we do every single week, we'll let you, the Hockey Hawk, Gavin Spills, go ahead and start with your number one team in the NHL. Number one, Shippy, Tampa Bay Lightning. Nine straight wins. They are they are St. Louis Blues 2.0. Yeah. You know, I mean, St. Louis kick-started after the new year. Uh, Lightning got an earlier start. But they're just one point now behind the Bruins for first place in the Atlantic. In December, they were 15 points outside of Boston. How much better does that Stars win look now? Huge! Like, coming right out of the break, beating them? Like, Unreal! Wow. Yeah! Like, that, that, if this was, like, college and it was a strength of schedule, that boosts the Stars' strength of schedule big time. That's uh, so ESPN's got them as number one as well. Okay, over here, and um, yeah, it's that's a team that maybe they learned from last year. You know, with uh, the yeah, Islanders, I think so. and I think they learned a lot. And you know, maybe they're going to peak at the right time rather than go on this crazy run through the whole regular season and kind of tail off towards the end, going into the playoffs. And it certainly seems it, like it's full steam ahead towards the playoffs. And they them. packed it, picked up Patrick Maroon. Remember. Yeah. Start the season, got him on the cheap. That's what a, a great acquisition. That's a guy that just has been there and talked to the room. Game winning goal last yeah, year. Yeah, comes a up big. Game game winning goal in the Stanley Cup. Game winning goal against the Dallas Stars. Yeah, what a jerk. Take that analytics. <laughs> right. <laughs> who do you have at number two here? I have the Bruins. That's who uh, ESPN the, the as Bruins well. are a real solid team. Uh eight and two in their last ten. David Pasternak the other night against Montreal with a hat trick. He now has 41 goals, 40 assists. Oh, my goodness. I feel like that's more points than like the Stars have as a team. I just want to know. I, I need to talk to some scouts uh-huh. to see what they didn't see in David Pasternak. For him to get drafted lower in the first round. What did they know? There's so see? many people who missed on it. Was it was it a size? Um the Bruins scooped him up and man do they have a good one. All right, who do you have at number three? I have the Washington Capitals. Wow. ESPN's copying you, man. Okay. Does they ESPN cap- does ESPN have something about their big win in Colorado last night? No, so actually ESPN for their uh power rankings, with each team they they listed their worst trade ever made. And the Tampa Bay Lightning at number one was the oh. Lightning trading Brad Richards yeah. and uh, Johan Holmquist of the Stars for Mike Smith, UC Jokinen, Jeff Halpern, yeah. and Dallas's fourth round pick that they later traded to Minnesota. Yeah. It was traded to Edmonton, and Edmonton selected Kyle Bigos. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say Washington probably would be the Philip Forsberg trade. Uh, let's see here. Washington. Yes. Okay. Yeah, for Martin Erat. Yeah. Oh, wow. And Michael Latta. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, gosh. So, Can you imagine them with Philip Forsberg, oh, too? Oh, man. Oh, it's man. like they wouldn't even need Nicholas Backstrom. It's like, they're like so similar to how they play. Yeah. Yeah. So the Caps have the most road wins in the NHL, I think, which is impressive. Ovechkin still hasn't scored that 700th. Uh, I think he'll get there. Um, they just look really, really good. Uh, they've won four straight on the road. Uh, they're just an impressive team. They can get physical and they can score. They just have a really good combo. If they face off against the Lightning in the playoffs, I am locked in on that series. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that is just wow. 
this this year's playoffs are going to be must watch. Yeah, I mean, every year they I, the NHL. I and I'm not just saying this. I'm a big hockey fan. They're always the best players. Yeah, they are. They are always the best, and I love. Inevitably, every time around, whenever the NHL playoffs start, you'll see all these people who normally, you know, report on football or basketball or whatever. And they flip a game on, and they're like, "Holy crap, this is really exciting!" Right, and I think you know, from the one thing that makes football special in baseball, for that say matter, is is you know, you're basically dealing with one game, right? Maybe two games. You know, when the NHL first round starts, I'm like, okay. NBC, NBC it's Sports, like CNBC. Day. It's like, yeah. I'm like, wait, what channel is CNBC Yeah, exactly. Again? And I'm like, I cannot wait. Watch. I got to find the USA channel. Right. So I'm taping all these games yeah. trying to get through them. But, you know, those opening series. But once you get to the uh, the conference finals, it's, boy, it's fun hockey. All right. Who do you have at number four? I have the Colorado Avalanche. Even though they lost last night, um, they've just continued to be a strong uh, team. I think they're a contender. Uh, I am scared to play them, and as I mentioned, I think the Stars have to get physical against them. Uh, but, yeah, they're kind of hitting on all uh, all cylinders. Not only do they have um, the best line in hockey, um, but they also have a terrific uh, offensive defenseman in Kale McCarr who's got a lot of years ahead of him. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I think Colorado, I don't want to play Colorado. No, no, but dang it, you just convinced me a I know, second ago. I know, I know. I felt great. I don't know, I don't know now where I don't to go. But you know again. what I mean? Honestly, it should be, I don't know who I want to play in right, the top eight. They're all good. That's the worst, like, the worst thing you can do as a hockey fan is pick a team that you want to play. Yeah. Because you're going to lose. Like, I guarantee you last year, Lightning fans were like, oh yeah, we got the Islanders. All right. Yeah. You know, they don't have John Tavares anymore. We're, we're fine. Yeah. It's like, well, Tampa, they Columbus. Just, yeah, they just beat you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, let's see here. At number four on ESPN, they have the Pittsburgh Penguins, who in 1996, on March 20th, traded Marcus Naslin to the Canucks for forward Alex Stoyan- Stoyanov. Sto- Stoyanov. Oof. I d- don't remember that guy playing. I certainly remember watching Marcus Naslin yeah. in a Canucks sweater yeah. a lot. Wow. That's pre-Jim Rutherford. Yeah, that's real bad. (laughs) Who do you have at number uh, five? I have the Blues. They're still in first. And they're holding on. And the Jay Bomeister thing earlier this week was a huge testament to the medical staff in Anaheim. Um, He just had surgery. um, And he's doing better. And Mm -hmm. he's still in Anaheim. So the question is, how does that affect the Blues from a mindset? It can inspire them. Or it yeah. can be an emotional tailspin. They lost that last was a night. Scary, scary yeah. scene. Awful. And I, Awful. like as soon as I saw it on Twitter, as a Stars fan, obviously it, it just immediately makes you think about Rich Peverly. Yeah. And I was at that game when that happened. I was too. Yeah. And just like Colorado Avalanche. The just the, like I'm the, sorry, uh, Columbus the Blue, Blue Jackets. Yeah, Blue Jackets. Uh, just like the silence that hit afterwards as people yeah. were trying to figure out what was going on. I mean, it was just like chilling, like. It was really, really scary. Like, I'll never forget, you know, being there and, and witnessing all that. Amazing technology that they can get those paddles out so quick. And, Seriously. Yeah. And props to all the guys. I don't remember who was sitting right next to him, but Petrangelo was right there at the bench, and they were all just screaming at the the top of their lungs for the, the medical staff to get over there. So. That's not the first time that the medical staff has saved someone, too. Yeah. I mean, that's what's amazing. Yeah. It wow. just becomes second nature. And Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a great player. Um, you know, 
I think right now all we think of is him and his family and not his playing career. Yeah, and he's had right. an amazing career. Right. Even if he never plays Even again. if he never plays again. Just like Rich Peverly. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. You know, Won a Stanley Cup. Exactly. It's like, it, yeah. at that point, it's so much bigger, obviously, than the game of hockey. Right. So I did want to bring something up about the St. Louis Blues. Real quick. The, yeah. Number, number five yeah. is the Avalanche. Right okay, here. okay, okay. And by the way, Stoyanov, he played 45 games with the Penguins and scored two goals and four assists. Mm. Naslin played 884 games with the Canucks, scoring 346 goals and 410 assists. Wow. So wow. Who's, who's the worst trade for St. Louis? Uh, for St. Louis, it is them trading Yaroslav Halak, Chris Stewart, and William Carrier in their first-round pick, and a 2016 third-rounder, yeah, for Brian Miller and Steve Ott. They gave uh, up a lot. I forgot did. they gave all that up for him. Yeah. They also traded Ben Bishop. They did. Yeah. They did. I wonder if that's in their top five. Um, I mean, I don't think they have top yeah, fives, they, but, but yeah, I yikes. mean, I, I bet that's... Miller went 10-8-1 with a 9.03 save percentage Yeah, with the Blues. Dude. I remember he was horrible when they when he got there. Yeah. Yeah. I think they... Were they playing, was that Brian Elliott at the time? that They were kind of going back and forth between the two of them? Yeah. Yeah, Ryan Miller might have been one of the answers. But it did vault Steve Ott into the St. Louis organization, so. Yeah, right. They got him as a coach. <laughs> yeah, they got him as a, as a, yeah, as they, an they got him coach. As a coach. Okay, the St. Louis Blues have an interesting situation that I think we all need to look at. Uh-huh. So Vladimir Tarasenko has actually been pushed back in his return. It was expected initially to be about five months. Now we're looking at six months. So that puts him in late April returning if it's Ooh. on schedule. So estimating about first round game five, six, or seven returning, and that's if he stays on schedule. That's oof. So coming up on the NHL trade deadline, St. Louis has a choice. They can put him on long-term IR, which will cancel him out for the season, but then they do receive salary cap allocation in which they can get a top six forward. So my question to you, Shippy. If you're Doug Armstrong in the St. Louis Blues, do you take a risk and lose Tarasenko for the season, but I'm able to go out and get someone, I am going to lose prospects, mm-hmm. or do I try to survive that first round? I mean, heck, they're in first place. David Perron's been on fire. Yeah. If I get past the first round... All signs point to Vladimir Tarasenko joins the team. Honestly, for me, I look at Vladimir Tarasenko and consider his long-term health. And if there's any is there if there's any like risk of this injury lasting forever or bothering him for the rest of his career, or if you're worried about rushing him back, I would put him on the IR. You just won the Stanley Cup. Your team is still crushing it without him, and you can go get another top six forward. Maybe a guy like Chris Kreider, you know. Go pick up somebody like that with that extra salary cap space. I'd go pick somebody up and then, you know, bring Tarasenko back next season off, off a fresh start. Now, if he's going to be completely healthy, I think I might still do that. So I, you want to sit Tarasenko? I, I mean, maybe that's just the stars yeah. and me just being like, yeah, sit him. <laughs> you don't need him. <laughs> I, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a really interesting situation. You just don't situation. want to sacrifice his career yeah. For one playoff run. Yeah. You know? Because they're going to be back next year. Like, they're going to be good for a while. Yeah. I guess that's what the what medical would you do? staff... I think I would take a chance that Tarasenko comes back. Mm-hmm. Um, because I have not seen anyone minus a Kreider 
um, that really is going to take me over the top. Right. Um, and I guess worst case scenario, if you don't put them on IR and you get to the playoffs and either you get bounced in fewer games than he's able to return, like you, then you don't give up any prospects and all that stuff either. Yeah. So yeah. you're still in good shape, and then you basically get a trade deadline acquisition in the playoffs. And we also don't know who will become sellers. Yeah. I mean, oh, that's going to happen in the next week. Is Montreal become a selling team? Uh, Ottawa is going to be a selling team. Right. Um, but they've shown a lot of improvement. Do they want, who do they want to give away? Mm-hmm. Probably a few of their UFAs to try to bring some prospects in or draft picks, but they're very limited in a, as, as far as how many teams are in the NHL are sellers right now because mm-hmm. it's so bunched up. All right. So we do this every week where you guess where the Dallas Stars land on this list. I'd like you to guess where they land. And then also try to guess what ESPN has listed as their worst trade in franchise history. I'm going to put them at ninth. They're 10. Oh. They're 10. They have, let's see here. They got the Flyers at nine. Okay. The worst trade in Dallas Stars history. Got it. Uh-huh. It's mine. <laughs> Matt Niskanen yep. and James Neal to the Pittsburgh Penguins yep. for Alex Goligoski. Gosh. Horrible. Yeah, that was a bad one. And I remember I I don't I'll never forget where I was when I read it. Like yeah. I was on a bus in Columbia, Missouri on my way back from the campus to my apartment from like a late class that I had. And I sat there and I looked at I think I think I, yeah, I looked at Twitter and it said that and I was like, "Wait, what?" Yeah. I was like, "Niskanen and James Neal for Goligoski. And I'd seen Goligoski play. Yeah. And I was like, maybe I just saw some bad games. Like, <laughs> like what in the hell? And I, it was, at the time, it was salary cap related was why they were making the trade. Yeah, and they were looking for a puck-moving defense. Yeah. And Niskanen was struggling. Yeah. But Remember, I don't know if that was his second year. Like I don't we think always they gave him a proper chance. Didn't give chance. him a chance. Yeah, and we, yeah. All, we say, you know, defensemen sometimes take a little bit longer to develop. He's had a heck of an NHL yeah, career. Yeah, and yeah, real deal, James Neal is just like guaranteed twenty goals. James Neal, so. unless he plays for the Flames. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like a totally yeah. different. He's not so real deal. But I'm trying to think of some others, like more recent ones that I didn't, I didn't like the Brendan Dillon trade. I thought Demers played well here, but I just didn't like the Brendan Dillon trade. Yeah, big men take longer to develop. I didn't like the Alexiak trade. I like getting Alexiak back, so I did like that yeah, trade. Right. It just undid the trade that they already made. Yeah, absolutely. So. I mean, you know, that's the fact. I mean, trades are fascinating because it's a roll of the dice, and we all talk about the bad trades, but we don't talk about Jim Nill acquiring Ben Bishop. We don't talk about, right. you know, um, some of the other trades that have gone well for the stars that just kind of get minimized. I mean, they made some they made some really good moves last year, getting Lovejoy, getting Cogliano, getting Zuccarello. Yeah, that really bolstered that team. I mean, mm-hmm. they were one goal away from advancing. So. They're way better at trade deadline stuff than off season free agency. Yeah, <laughs> that's another. That's a, yeah, we'll that's save a, that for another. Podcast. That's an off season sweaters forever. Yeah, we'll, where we'll save I, that. I just go down a draft pick and yeah, oh, UFA no. list that is just going to make everyone. A, yeah. that'll be the miserable edition of sweaters right. forever. Hopefully that's after they win the Stanley Cup, so it doesn't make it as bad. By the way, one last note on that that horrible da- uh, Dallas Stars trade. Alex Goligoski, like blocked me on Twitter for some reason. Really? And I have no idea why. I mean, I was wow. kind of critical of him without even like adding him. 
like on Twitter, and I guess he searches his name because I tried to like somebody sent me a tweet from him and it was like not available, and I was like, what? I didn't even know he had a Twitter. And then I clicked on it. It was like, you've been blocked from Alex Goligoski. Wow. And I, I think I said something to the effect of like, it was coming up on when he was going to be a free agent and all that stuff. I'm like, well, if you're going to, if you want another deal in Dallas, like you're going to have to, he's going to have to work on the way that he's moving the puck and not turning the puck over all the time. I think I've tweeted about him like three times <laughs> in my life. Yeah. But one of them got me blocked. So, yeah. That's like, I know everybody's got somebody on Twitter that's blocked him and they have no idea why. I know a lot of people have Ben Roethlisberger as that person. Because I know he, I guess, is another person who loves to search his name and then block you if you don't if you don't like what you said about him. But yeah, Alex Goligoski. Are you still blocked? Oh, uh, let me check. I'm not sure. This could be breaking news. I don't everyone. think that he would unblock me, but I'm going to look right now. Uh, let's see here, Alex Goligoski. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't even see it. You're tied in, man. You can get it unblocked. I don't even see his name. Everybody tweet Alex Goligoski and just ask him why he blocked me. <laughs> Because I, I really, you know, I got to do my job. I can't just say good things about everybody. This is the great thing about Shippy. When he asks for questions for Sweaters Forever, I love the at Oprah. Yeah, yeah she didn't ask a question. I yeah. guess she's not a hockey fan. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll try next week with some more big-name guests and potential question askers on Twitter. Ryan, we're Kimmel tr- didn't get back to me either. Yeah, and we're going to try to get in a couple of weeks now. We'll try to expand this so you guys get more hockey. We'll do them in shorter, though. This one's going a little bit long because we had a lot to talk about. But big weekend, Shippy, Montreal, Ottawa. Let's do this. We got Arizona coming in next week. Yep. So And then we got the Blues uh, followed by Chicago. So yeah. it's, a, it's a good run. And uh, I'm excited. This is the time of year when you start rubbing your hands together and say, are we going to make a big trade? Are we going to, you know, we're just going to stay? Um, we're seeing some good prospects come up. So it's a lot of fun. All right. Yep. Oh, I just found Golgoski's Twitter account. I am still blocked. Oh, my goodness. You're blocked. And he's got a weird picture of his dog as his avatar. Wow. That makes sense. That is not a good Valentine's present. Yeah, right? What the hell? All right. Well, thank you guys for checking into the uh, Sweaters Forever podcast, especially Alex Golgoski. I know he listens to this all the time. (laughs) Sweaters Forever podcast is brought to you by Choctaw Casino and Resort. Welcome to Choctaw Casino and Resort. Durant, the ultimate destination for exciting gaming and live entertainment exclusively for everyone. All right, Gavin, another uh, fun one. I appreciate everybody out there who, you know, subscribe in. Um, is telling their their people about uh, the Sweaters Forever podcast. DW Shabbing at Dub into Tub. He tweeted me yesterday. Said, "Hey, at Shippy Fun Sports, I told my sister at Not Too Shabby Twenty Two about your podcast, and she's a huge Dallas Stars fan, and she nice. is now hooked." What up, Not Too Shabby? Yeah, appreciate you, and uh, appreciate everybody else out there rating us, subscribing, and uh, you know all that good stuff. Spread the word so that we can spread the great game of hockey. You know. Across the whole country and the I, globe. I had two people come up to me uh, this week at the Carolina game uh-huh. and uh, said, hey, man, thanks for recommending this game. And uh, nice. I listened to the Sweaters Forever podcast. Hell yeah. Well, so I was like, yeah. Those are our kind of people. Yep. So appreciate all the love and support. We do this for you guys and for Choctaw. Until next week, we will talk to you later. We love you.